Well, welcome to Pod Bless Canada, brought to you by the McDonald Laurier Institute. I'm Aaron Woodrick, the director of MLI's Domestic Policy Program, and I'm pleased to be hosting this special Canada Day edition of our podcast. Today, we have two distinguished guests joining us Dr. Christopher Dummett, who's a professor of Canadian history at Trent University, and Dr. Ken Coates, who's a professor at the Johnson Soyama Graduate School of Public Policy at the University of Saskatchewan, and also a Monk Senior Fellow, the MLI's program leader on Indigenous issues. Welcome to you both, gentlemen. This is obviously a day normally to celebrate our nation's birthday, but it's fair to say we've had a lot of bad news in recent weeks here in Canada, aside from the global pandemic, which of course we've all been living through for the last 15 months. I'm speaking, of course, about the very unsettling discovery of unmarked graves at residential schools in British Columbia and Saskatchewan, as well as things like a tragic murder of a Muslim family in London, Ontario in recent weeks. And these tragic events have led for some to suggest that we should perhaps cancel Canada Day this year or not celebrate. Is this a good idea? Do these arguments have any merit? Do these suggestions have any merit? And so I turn to you, Ken. What do you say to those who argue that celebrating Canada on Canada Day on its birthday essentially means that you're willing to turn a blind eye to some of the bad episodes in our history. I think the idea of canceling Canada Day is a serious mistake, but let's put aside this question of whether it suggests ignoring our past and wiping away any of these negative experiences. Canada is a very introspective nation. We have spent an enormous amount of time, certainly in the last 30 to 40 years, looking very intently at the things we have done wrong as a country. And we're better for it. We're better for looking more critically at how we related to women over a long period of time, uh, gay and lesbian rights over a very long period of time, the treatment and mistreatment of minorities, whether it's Japanese, Canadians, Chinese immigrants, Italian immigrants, et cetera, et cetera. So Canada is a country built on both history of strength and innovation and development of democratic institutions, but it's also a country that's built on serious reflection about its past. So I'm not even sure if, if the whole Canada Day phrase is about a naked celebration and heart hand on heart patriotism. That isn't sort of the Canadian way. What in fact I see Canada Day as a day that we usually and historically got together to talk about a country that was a work in progress and a country that was very determined to get better over time. And in fact, has demonstrably been significantly better over time. Somehow the idea that you cancel Canada Day or cancel Canada because of a very serious problem that quite frankly, we've known about for 30 or 40 years, we're reacting to some sensational headlines to an extremely tragic situation of monumental proportions. Our, our hearts are with the families and the communities involved in a serious way, but we basically lost an opportunity to, to make a big step forward in reconciliation if we walk away from Canada as a consequence. Great, thanks, Ken. Chris, over to you, what are your thoughts on whether or not there's any merit to canceling Canada Day? First of all, I just really echo Ken's point. I think he makes some really great points. I'd add to that, I guess, a couple of things. One is that Canada Day, unless you're in downtown Ottawa, is not usually a huge rah-rah event in most places in the country. I think most people skip away and are happy to get the day off work in the summertime. So it's not clear to me that there's already an incredible amount of dramatic patriotism in Canada at the best of times. So I think we can both contemplate the dark spots in our history and also put them into a context we realize that every country has a dark spot in its history quite dramatically and, and Canada certainly no more than any other. But also I find the bad actions of some people, especially if you think about this horrendous murder of this Muslim family in London, 
I think we'd be pretty insulted if we took the actions of one crazed, dangerous criminal and assumed that a whole nation should be responsible for that. We'd be offended if, and we are offended when people try to cast aspersions on, say, the actions of a dangerous Islamic terrorist reflect all Muslims. And frankly, the same is the case here about all Canadians. I think we can deplore the actions of individual people, deplore the actions of things in the past, and still recognize that that doesn't represent an entire nation. Yeah, I think you make a good point, Chris, about the distinction between individual actors and assigning collective responsibility. But on that theme, the issue of residential schools, this was a policy that was in place for a long time. It's been, I think, rightly and universally condemned by essentially everybody today. You argued in a recent op-ed at The Hub that applying today's standards to historical actions and doing it selectively leaves no one untouched. It really doesn't reflect well on anyone. I wondered if you could expand a bit on the dangers, I should say, of cherry-picking who you're going to condemn in the past and which societies you're going to focus on. In one sense, the people who are trying to educate us about the crazy legacy of residential schools, amongst other policies that were really meant to radically assimilate Indigenous peoples in Canada, in some ways it's presented as educating Canadians about a past we don't know. And I think to the extent that that's the case, that is really useful. It's not clear to me if that's necessarily the case anymore. Certainly my kids in school are learning a lot about it. People don't know a lot about history in general. And I don't think we realize the extent to which incredibly terrible actions are pretty common in all cultures. I mean, you know, the odd thing is even in indigenous cultures that were here before and after contact, there were you know, some pretty horrendous actions around hostage taking, war raiding and warfare, which were common here and really in all tribal cultures everywhere in the world that we would now find deplorable. I think I say in the op-ed that we spend in Canada a lot of time egregiously going over whether Louis Riel received a fair trial, whether he was tried under the right charge of treason, right, the medieval one or a more recent 19th century one. You know, at the same time in China, in the midst of their rebellions, generals were going in and slaughtering tens of thousands of people who they thought might support the other side. Now, does this mean we shouldn't care about Louis Riel getting a fair trial? No, I don't think it does. We need to actually educate Canadians about the past in all its complexity. This would make our contemporary discussions less morally black and white. I think we'd have a real fundamentally better understanding of human nature and human history and where people can go wrong, as opposed to these really simplistic, cherry-picked, moralizing stories that the people who are really promoting this cancel candidate story are picking out for us. Ken, any thoughts to add to that? Great points. But look at it the other way around. So you cancel Canada Day. So what happens? Well, first off, the attendance at Canada Day events has been pathetic, certainly for the last 30 or 40 years. I'm old enough to remember the days when Dominion Day raised in the Yukon, and you would have more than a quarter of the population out on the school playgrounds having these wonderful, huge, big days where the whole community would gather. Now they're kind of anemic events with sort of multicultural flavor funded by the government of Canada that sort of is actually sometimes, quite frankly, they're embarrassing. Other times, in place in Victoria, Kitchener-Waterloo area at Waterloo used to have a great Canada Day event, are really uplifting. So you cancel it. So what happens? Well, people stay at the pool, they go golfing, they watch TV, who knows what. How has this changed things? How has it made things better for First Nations people? The answer is it hasn't. How has it made things better for Canada? The answer is it hasn't. And look at the, what, the opportunity that's lost and imagine the alternative. So, okay, we're going to go ahead with Canada Day. What should the mayors and city councillors and organizers have done? They should have reached out to First Nations, Métis, and Inuit groups in their communities or in their region. They should have invited them in. They should have integrated them in if they were willing to come, integrated them into the celebrations, integrated into the events, had a moment of silence and a moment of reflection 
involved hundreds and hundreds of people in a very somber sort of contemplation of the fact that Canada did not always get things right, but that there is hope that there's opportunities for reconciliation. And you could have had a situation where instead of this nonsense about we're going to cancel this or we're going to cancel fireworks because the fireworks by themselves are a celebration and we shouldn't be talking about this. We have, like every country in the world, done many, many, many things wrong. We have to fix them. We have to identify them, understand them. We have to explore our hearts, our souls, and our history and go forward. But you have to go forward. And you have to use these opportunities to build new ties and new reflections. We could have used Canada Day in that regard. And instead of what we're going to do is get a baseball bat and hit ourselves over the head. Canada is not a better place as a consequence. And we're basically turning the understanding of Canada over to a bunch of people whose sense of history is very weak and who are offering a very simple and narrow view. It is not the one, quite frankly, that most First Nations people hold. I have been astonished, but not surprised, I guess, by the dignity of the First Nations chiefs, the elders, the community people who are asking for Canadians to join them in reflection and in contemplation. Take your guidance from First Nations people. Don't take it from people who, for a whole bunch of other reasons, don't see That's like interesting, Canada Ken, because, much. you know, I think the argument some of the pro-cancel crowd make is that cancelling things like Canada Day will make reconciliation with Indigenous Canadians easier. But it sounds like what you're saying is that it's actually a missed opportunity rather than, a, than improving the prospects. It's a, a seriously missed opportunity. There's no question about that whatsoever, because when are you going to get people together? When's the next time we're going to have a chance to have done this? And I think this particular July 1st could have been the start of something really quite important and valuable for the country as a whole. And instead, we're going to have the dullest Canada Day in history. I think what Ken's getting to is the sense of not taking Twitter for real life, not mistaking the loud voices of righteousness on Twitter to represent all Canadians and certainly not all Indigenous peoples. And I think that's a real danger. Yeah, I think, in fact, if I recall, there was a poll that just came out that showed that it was, in fact, new Canadians who are among the most patriotic and the ones who wanted to celebrate Canada the most. And I think you're right, Chris, that if you focus on mediums like Twitter, that's not really the impression that you get. It's important to draw that distinction. For those who want to cancel Canada today, what do you think their ultimate goal is here behind doing that? What's their motive? What's their ultimate endpoint? I think the, the, the people who want to cancel Canada today just seem to loathe this country. I'm surprised at how they get there. Canada's got flaws. There's no question whatsoever. The mistreatment of Indigenous people is perhaps our greatest flaw by far. And our inability to do something about it that's systematic and lasting is, of course, a huge shortcoming of the country as a whole. So I take nothing away from the critique of Canada in terms of its relationships with Indigenous people. But I think the people who are opposing Canada Day just do not like this country. Uh, they don't like its history, its past. They misunderstand it. They simplify it. They distort it in a whole bunch of different ways. They're not offering anything in its place. I hear them saying this, that let's cancel Canada Day. I say, compared to what? What other country do you have in mind? America with its histories of slavery, Latin and South America with its histories of, of oligarchies and revolutions and intense violence, and Japan, I mean, South Korea, what are we looking for as our role model? Canada has serious problems. It's a work in progress. Let's gather together to think about how we make it better. I think we have a group of nihilists in Canadian society. Every society has them. Quite frankly, Canada is very reluctant to push back. Canadian academics don't speak up very often. You know, self-critical and self-censoring, I think, on a whole bunch of different levels. I think our, our news media and things of that sort 
give way too much attention to the comments of a very, very small number of people, and we silence the others. Think about a very practical thing. Canada Day celebrations take an awful lot of work. We have literally thousands, probably tens of thousands of volunteers who worked over the last year and multiple years, and last year, of course, it was canceled for the pandemic, who want to recognize Canada, talk about Canada, be there to thank Canada for being as a country and for its efforts to become a better and safe and just society. And when people stand up and say, cancel it, you're canceling all of that effort, all of that commitment, all of that volunteer time, and showing no respect whatsoever for people who thought very hard and carefully about what it means to be Canadians. What a disrespectful thing to do. That's well said, Ken. I guess I'd say what they are interested in, the people who want to cancel Canada is, I think it reflects a real kind of profound transformation amongst a, a substantial minority of Canadians and the kind of the creation of a really kind of new moral culture, right? This is a moral issue. It, it is akin to a secular religion and it's religion based on showing a kind of guilt for past actions. And so Ken is saying, and I think I'm saying that it's quite parochial. They're not interested in comparison. And the reason it's so parochial is because it has this kind of almost religious impulse, even though it's not a religion, which is to say it's very kind of almost Protestant or Catholic in its kind of self-flagellation, right? This the bringing up of all these terrible actions, which you could put them into context. You could admit the wrongs that are there. But the reason there's not a real desire to kind of put it into context, I think, is because it meets the needs of a certain number of people that this, these are kind of very kind of base, almost religious needs for a kind of to expiate the guilt. It's a version of of a kind of original sin. For some people, I think that's what they want to get out of it. I, I suppose that's fine. The danger is that not everyone wants to join this new religion. And the real danger too is that by doing this, the risk is, is that you might actually increase these t tensions. You might lead to less interest in actually dealing with the substantive problems that Indigenous peoples have in this country because people will get upset about this really kind of nonsensical, symbolic issue of politics around Canada Day. Yeah, that's great. And I pose that question not entirely rhetorically, because sometimes it's not clear to me what the goal is of the folks who want to cancel Canada Day. I wonder that if they, even if we accede to all their demands, what will change? How will Canada be made better? What will improve? How much will be enough? I really don't know the answers to those questions. And I think you both make great points, and Chris in particular, and that it does sort of seem to be a manifestation of something akin to original sin, is that we are obligated to feel guilty because of things that had happened in the past. I do want to end on a slightly more positive note. I wanted to put to you both Maybe to think about, in terms of celebrating Canada Day, what is, in your view, you're both experts in history, what is something that you think Canada should be uniquely proud of in our history? Something that you think that every country likes to think they're special and, and unique, but is there something in your considered view that Canadians can be especially proud of? Maybe start with you, Ken. So there's a thousand things. And in fact, I would simply argue then, and by almost any standard one wants to use, that that Canada is one of the most successful and best nations in the world in terms of creating a high quality of life for its citizens. So what are the things we recognize? How about survival as a country, as a federation, for well over 150 years? How about the way we've reconciled uh, francophones with the rest of the country? It isn't perfect, but boy, we've sure worked at that. A regional distribution system that provides equity of care sort of across the whole country. How about a track record for incorporating and new Canadians and welcoming very large numbers, over 400,000 a year now, of new Canadians into the country and making them welcome. The situation that happened with the Muslim community is horrific. 
and, and watching a Muslim family being run down simply because they're Muslim makes us all absolutely mortified. But look at the general pattern of accepting hundreds of thousands of Muslims into this country and finding them to be fabulous citizens and great Canadians. You know, we have done things that other countries wish they could do. And we've done this while maintaining a high quality of life, a strong standard of living, material well-being for Canadians as a whole, without being sort of aggressive militarily or colonially around the world. Yes, we've got things to work in, but my gracious, compared to other nations, we are one of the very best on the planet. We should be darn happy and darn proud of what we've accomplished, even as we seek to solve the problems that we still have. I just echo so much of what Ken says, so I, I won't repeat it. I'll go on to something else, but I, I think that's a really fundamentally, fundamentally important point. I guess I would say that there's so many fascinating stories in our history that Canadians could fall in love with. I created this audio podcast to tell all these great stories. And one thing I would say is I think the story Canadians don't know nearly enough about is how we got our system of democracy, our responsible government, these incredible moments from the 1840s, including I don't think many Canadians know that a Tory mob once burned down Parliament in Montreal. At that point, they were arguing against responsible government, this kind of system of British parliamentary democracy that we fought for and to get in the colony and not just part of the empire. And this incredible victory that happened as essentially with very, very little violence. And I think the winning of an incredible system of democracy, doing it not through revolution, but through kind of evolutionary change, that's a story that we all need to know about. Well, thank you so much for that. Those are some excellent, more uplifting points. And on a high note, I want to thank both of you today for joining us. I thought this was a great conversation. And of course, I want to give a thanks to our home staff at MLI for putting this together. And finally, wish all our listeners a very happy Canada Day. Oh!